Welcome to Stop Overthinking, the podcast for overthinkers, people pleasers, and perfectionists who want to feel calm and confident enough to handle whatever life sends your way. I'm your host, Kristen Odegaard, a women's life and mindset coach, lifelong educator, and recovering perfectionist. Hey, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Stop Overthinking podcast. Today, we are going to talk about feelings. We have it so mixed up with feelings. And so many of us were taught things like, another person makes me feel this way. She makes me so mad, for example. We blame others for how we feel. We don't learn how to identify our feelings. And we think people are wrong to feel certain ways in certain situations or that we ourselves are wrong to feel certain emotions. We don't even know what to do with a lot of the feelings that we experience. So today I'm going to pull back the curtain on all things feelings and have a wide open discussion on why this is important, why we need to know how to name them, why we need to take ownership of them. So I want to start with a caveat that for the purpose of today's podcast, that I am using feelings and emotions interchangeably. So there is some distinction between them, but for the purpose of this, I'm just going to use them interchangeably today. So one of the first things that I want to start with is why is it even important to know how to name our feelings? And there's some research that Brene Brown did. She talks about it in her book, Atlas of the Heart, that over a period of five years and 7,000 individuals, that the average number of emotions that people could name was three happy, sad, and angry. And that's a problem for one reason. And this is another Brene Brown analogy that that she uses, that imagine you had a shooting pain in your hip. So severe, it hurt to walk, it took your breath away, you couldn't work, you couldn't sleep. You know, life was hard with this pain. And when you finally get into the doctor's office, they ask what's going on. It's like there is tape over their mouth. Your hands are tied behind your back, and you're trying to yell through the tape, free your hands just so you can point to where this is going on, but you can't. Like, you don't have any way to identify where this pain is coming from. And that would be horrible for most of us. Yet that is the scenario that most of us find ourselves in with our emotions in the fact that we don't know how to identify them, we don't know where it's coming from, we don't know how to talk about them, and it just leaves us kind of trapped. That's why it's so important to have these conversations, teach our kids, learn of ourselves, and to improve on this. It improves relationships, it improves communication, and it also is a way for us to just understand what's going on physiologically in her body and mentally in our own minds. So the other piece with this that we need to talk about is like, where do those feelings come from? And this is another piece that most of us got wrong. We learned it wrong. And you may have heard things like, or, or that you said yourself, like, she makes me so mad. Or maybe a, a child does something and, oh, that makes mommy so sad. Or this little you know, kid on the playground needs to go apologize because you made Susie feel bad. And the problem with this is no one can make you feel anything. Okay. A, a feeling isn't a tangible thing. You can't like take it from your body and hand it off to another person 
to make them feel a certain way. Nobody's brainwashing you. Nobody's handing you this feeling. It's coming through your own filter of what else is going on, your expectations for the situation. Ultimately, it's just how you're thinking about it. And it's not them. It's you. So this whole idea was another thing that just blew my mind. And you hear me say this on a lot of these podcasts because I'm talking about some of the really big ideas in these first few podcasts and stuff that makes a big change. And then we'll get into the nuances as I keep going. So this this is another one that it just it was so hard for me to wrap my mind around because it was so contrary to everything that I had learned. and. It was like, well, of course, other people make me feel things. You know, I'm around certain people and I feel happier. I'm around other people and I'm really irritated, but it's not them. It's me. Okay. So here's here's an example just recently. My son and I, he's 15, and we have kind of a, you know, a habit. He loves to send me and and show me silly Instagram videos. And I go with it because, hey, he's 15 and he wants to like share something with me. And, you know, that's great. So I'm happy to spend time with him and feel joy, connection, you know, whatever it is. He's not making me feel anything. It's because I'm thinking I'm glad he wants to spend time with me or this is funny. And, you know, he's sharing, but he's not handing this off to me. So most of the time, this is a good thing. And I'm thinking good thoughts. I'm feeling good feelings about it. But this past weekend, it was 11 p.m. We had just come back from our trip from Las Vegas. So we had a full day of airline travel. They had to get to long-term parking and then drive two and a half hours back home. And we had just spent six days together 24-7. So it's 11 p.m. And I don't care about cute dog videos or mountain bike daredevil stunts, you know, things that we normally watch. I just wanted to be alone. I wanted my room to be quiet. I wanted to go to bed. And honestly, I just wanted some space. He was doing exactly the same thing that we had done 50 other times when he comes, you know, barreling into my room and, you know, lays on my bed and, hey, mom, watch this. He wasn't making me feel annoyed or irritated. It's because how I was thinking about it changed. I was thinking, I'm tired. We've had a whole lot of bonding time, you know. Let leave me alone right now. It wasn't him. It was me. And somewhere along the lines, we just learned to give away our feelings to other people. We learned to blame other people for our feelings. And a lot of times this was so we didn't have to take responsibility for them. Especially we we have this whole concept of there's like bad feelings and good feelings. Good feelings are ones that, you know, make us feel good. And we give those away to other people too. But those bad feelings that we feel like, you know, then I can't change it and we become victims. So giving your feelings away to these other people isn't good for any sort of relationship because it really goes into a blame cycle, not one of ownership and responsibility. And there's so much miscommunication due to blaming another person when you're feeling overwhelmed or angry. You blame your partner because you're mad. Instead of recognizing, how am I thinking about this situation right now? And a lot of this comes back to you think being mad is a problem. And it makes you a bad person if you're mad. So therefore, I need to blame you because I'm feeling this way. And the reality is that being mad is normal. It's not a problem. There are going to be times in your life when you're angry or frustrated 
or feeling grief or judgy. But somewhere we think that there's something wrong with these emotions. And I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to think that there's something wrong with me. So I'm just going to say that you're making me feel this way to take the pressure off myself. So as you're hearing this, if, if you need to just pause the podcast and, and think about it, or you know, later on, you might want to go back in and journal because there, there's a lot here that is just so different than how we talked about how we, how we feel. Most of us grew up in a time when our parents had, you know, emotional intelligence wasn't really a thing. We are the first generation that is learning about this. So it's not something that many of us had in our homes. It's not something that we experienced ourselves to be able to raise our kids this way. So it's up to us to kind of figure it out and do better. So putting this together, one of the first things is to know what you're feeling. Back to that example I used about, you know, having a pain and the tape on your mouth, hands tied behind your back. You're not powerless, but you do need to know how to name your own feelings, how to feel the difference between nerves and excitement or even anxiety versus panic. What's the difference between being happy or peaceful or content or feeling joy? It's a lot of nuances that we don't often think about, but the larger your emotional vocabulary is, the larger your, ex your capacity to experience life. You, don't, you aren't able to fully appreciate the whole human experience with three emotions. And don't even get me started about wanting to be happy all the time because it's not possible to have one feeling all the time and we're chasing this unattainable thing. That's another podcast for another day. Hey, knowing what is going on in your body, what does it feel like physiologically? And we don't have to be afraid of it. We don't have to blame other people. We don't have to stuff it down and push it away because we're cranky or just feeling, you know, tense. You can just feel it in your body. It's a physiological thing. Like, oh, this is what anxious feels like. This is what it feels like when I'm judging another person. This is what it feels like when I feel humiliated. Feelings wash through our body, usually in about 60 to 90 seconds. And when you can identify what that emotion is and feel it instead of stuffing it down or resisting it, you know that you can handle whatever is coming at you. It doesn't mean that you're a robot and you don't experience this whole thing. In fact, your life experience gets bigger and broader because you're able to have this whole spectrum of emotions. If you are stuck, think about a teeter-totter and you're stuck in this little bitty balancing act and you only want to move a couple inches side to side, it's a balance. So being able to experience the hard and the bad things and allowing that, naming it, feeling it, also allows you to experience the greater joy and excitement and happiness on the other side. One of the first things that I like to teach people, and I have a blog post on my website about it, it's called Name It to Tame It. And this is just a, it's a little bit of research there that basically when you can name what you're feeling, what your emotion is, kind of like I recognize like, oh, this is what anxiety feels like. It can actually decrease the intensity of the emotion if you want to. Simply naming it. it it's like validation in your body. And so this is a great thing for you to recognize, to start 
being able to just identify what's going on in your brain and that connection to the feelings and emotions in your body. And it's also a great thing if you have kids or you work with kids or other people to encourage them to do the same thing. So naming it to taming it, having the vocabulary to ex the emotional vocabulary to express how you're feeling is really important and a great place to start. The other place with that then is having the ownership to recognize nobody else is making me feel a certain way. And there isn't anything bad if I'm feeling this way. Like my feelings are valid. And that distinction is important because if you don't want to feel angry anymore and you hand it to another person, you have given away your ability to feel differently. Where if you accept responsibility, like, yeah, I'm feeling bad and there's nothing wrong with that. You also have the ability to tone down that anger, to hang on to it if you, if you really want to, or to be able to maybe change it and recognize there's something underneath that anger. A lot of times anger is a secondary emotion. For me, it's often it, it's sadness and disappointment quite often. So owning your emotions can be challenging just because it's so different than anything that we've ever done. But it's also really empowering and freeing to be able to recognize that I'm in charge, not somebody else. I don't have to rely on somebody else to make me feel good because if it's somebody's problem that I'm feeling bad, I'm usually relying on some external things to make me feel good as well. And so when you're able to take that power back, when you're able to expand what you're able to feel and experience, it just opens up so many things for you. Okay, I want to add one last thing for people pleasers. Go back and listen to this and understand that if you are responsible for your feelings, that means other people are responsible for their feelings, which means you can't make other people feel a certain way. So much of people pleasing is wanting to keep other people happy, not wanting them to be disappointed in you, trying to feel validation from or appreciation from somebody else. And this is huge to be able to break some of those people-pleasing patterns is you are responsible for your feelings and they are responsible for theirs. You can't make other people like you, feel proud of you, love you, appreciate you. Their feelings are coming from their filters, their expectations, their own brain. And by trying to manipulate another person's feelings, it's really not an authentic connection or relationship. So that's something that we work on in coaching so much is not just being able to take care of our feelings, but then letting go of that control that other people aren't responsible for our feelings, but also I'm not responsible for someone else's. Now, this doesn't mean that you can be mean and crabby or any of those other kinds of things. We'll talk about being your you know, authentic self and living in integrity and being the person that you want to be, but also allowing the other person to just feel how they want to feel instead of trying to do things to make them feel a certain way, which is impossible. Okay, that's a, this whole entire podcast. You can't make somebody else really feel a certain way. You can try really hard and sometimes it might seem like it's working. But it's because they're choosing to think those certain things. You can't make them feel it. 
And so when you are constantly trying to do this thing that it's impossible, you're adding layers of just frustration and overwhelm and sadness or disappointment to yourself. So a whole lot about feelings today. I would love to know what you think about it. You can send me a message on my website, coachwithkristen.com. You can leave me a message on either Facebook or Instagram or within the women's Facebook group that I have. I would love to know what your experiences have, have been, how this resonated with you, and if there's anything else that you specifically want me to talk about, because I'm so grateful you're listening to this podcast and sharing it with other people, and I want to keep it relevant for you. Thanks for listening today, and I hope to show up with you again on this podcast next week. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Stop Overthinking Podcast with Kristen O'Dorn. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone else who would benefit from the message. To learn more about working with me and links to social media and free resources, head over to my website, coachwithkristen.com. That's Kristen, spelled K-R-I-S-T. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss future episodes. 